All right, fierce listeners, today we are wrapping up, finishing up, polishing off. <laughs> is, that, is that a thing? Our month-long series on boundaries. I hope you found it helpful. Uh, today we're focusing in on some Q&A. So uh, over the past few weeks, we've opened it up through our call-in slash text-in line. Uh, people who have questions all around boundaries. Now, we also opened it up to our Instagram and Twitter followings, Facebook and those sorts of things. And we, I'm, a, I'm astounded at, A, the number of questions that we received, hundreds, if not over a thousand responses mm. to this, um, but also um, the themes and the nuances within those themes. And so uh, our mission for today is to go through, uh, I, I have about 35 questions down. I think we'll probably get through about <laughs> 10 or 15 of those, but there are a lot of, there, there's a lot of overlap in there. Mm-hmm. And the goal is not to necessarily answer the questions, but to address them biblically and to give you kind of um, a jump off point to think and address the same questions biblically. Or maybe the questions you're not addressing in your life right now, you might, you might have to handle or deal with sometime in the future. So uh, we hope this, this episode's helpful to you. It's going to be very practical, very tangible. And again, a Q&A rapid fire sort of format, and we will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Selena, quick question. What do you think is the number one uh, boundary-related theme? Well, I knew it. I was going to start it like that. The first one, a surprise, surprise, is all around in-laws. I mean, by a landslide. By a landslide, <laughs> yep. And I think there's different types of questions within that, but I was kind of surprised at the following one. Well, not totally surprised. Can you name the, the following two? real quick? Yeah, the two, three, and four, I think, and then we can talk about some housekeeping. But yeah, I, I think, think it's just good to hear where we're going today. Yeah, I think the number two theme had to do with opposite sex relationships, right? Friendships. Yep. yep. Opposite sex friendships. So if you're a wife, you know, and you have a, a coworker that is, a guy, is a guy, yeah. like where's the line and how yeah. you interact with, with that person? Yeah. And then the third one was screens, right? Phones. Phones. Okay. Namely phones. Namely yeah. phones. Okay. Which is not surprising either, but it kind of mm-hmm. just puts a name to the battles there and the, the boundaries. Yeah. And then the third, was there a third? That was, well, that was the third. Uh, the fourth, um, it kind of, it starts to kind of fade out and go in various directions. Uh, but probably around, um, you know. Oh, TMI. Um, well, yeah. Dealing with kind of the interpersonal boundaries within, you know, as a husband and wife. So, okay, gotcha. Um, you, you mean TMI in terms of like a wife sharing too much information with her girlfriends? Right. Sorry, that's one of the husband. questions that we're going to address. That's one of them. Yeah. Uh, but I think that has to do with this fourth kind of general category, which is like, how do we interact with one another in these gray areas of life? Um, mm. You know, and and where do we draw the lines in terms, you know, in a lot of different ways? So. That's very vague, and that's for a reason because there's going to be more variety in that part yeah. of it. So we did break this conversation into those. Uh, well, in-laws was the big one. Uh, we also broke it into um, kind of within marriage, and then dealing with others. So people that are outside the marriage but are still in your life, not including in-laws, and then kids. <laughs> um, kids is another one that we had some questions around that too. Um, so we're actually going to start this episode, uh, the Q and A part, with some questions from our patrons. And the reason we're doing that is because our patrons are those 
who have um, jumped on board with us are are explicitly on mission with us. That's not to say you're not on mission if you're not a patron. I'm just saying that these people have said explicitly, we are here to throw our hat in this ring mm. and and join forces with Ryan and Selena with Fierce Marriage, this podcast, to keep this content coming, keep it bib- biblical, keep it Christ-centered. And, and we would never change that by God's grace. We don't ever want to change from being biblical Christ-centered podcasters, whether it's about marriage and someday about kids and someday, who knows, about other things. Uh, but the point is that um, we do that because it keeps us focused because the temptation, and I won't say temptation because that has a kind of a pejorative negative connotation. Um, the, there's a tendency for podcasts to, to be funded by, by um, advertising. And I've just kind of I've ducked, I've bowed out of that that rat race um, for a number of reasons. I think the main one is it's, it's a distraction from the core of the content, right? And, and it ends up being, um, and I'm not going to lie, like I, we've had some offers that are pretty compelling. We mm-hmm. turned one down that would probably be half of what we would need to make for the year <laughs> because I just was like, you know, our, we, we'd rather, I don't want to talk about your thing. I'd rather just talk about God, God, and, and marriage, and, and that way people right. will hopefully well, and jump it on board. Gives more opportunity to lock arms with more people, I think, too. Yes, and I'd rather have an army of like-minded believers behind this as opposed to one or two, you know, kind right. of well-funded so, advertisers. If you want, we drew a boundary there. Yeah, we drew a boundary there. So, if you would want to join us uh, on this mission of you know talking about Jesus, talking about the gospel, and marriage. Uh, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash fierce marriage. So P A T R E O N.com. Um, we answer questions, we share some inside information and we just kind of, uh, are pretty active there. So, uh, pray about it, get an agreement. If that's something that God is leading you to do, please, we would love to have yeah. you. Yeah. If you haven't left a rating or review, I feel rusty cause you always do this part, uh, <laughs> on your podcasting, uh, platform of choice please do so uh, after you've listened to one or two full episodes I would I would argue <laughs> um, go ahead and leave a quick rating uh, a review is always super helpful uh, do you have one you want to share this week yeah I've wanted to share some reviews we had one that was I mean so many of you have been so um, encouraging yeah uh, I just I, and I don't want to read any because it does you guys are so kind I don't want to read it because it sounds like we're giving ourselves like pats on the head here right but the point is is that uh, the, one of the themes so L.M. Reynolds left yeah. a left a rating they said I love this podcast their saturation in the word is invaluable and they've provided lots of help and encouragement for my marriage we receive practical tools to move us along the path of um, path of providing a testimony of the gospel for our marriage we're so thankful that to me is like Music to my ears. We yeah. want we want you to hear Christ in this. We don't want you to hear Ryan and Selena and how awesome we are. We do want to be, you know, like we don't nice want to be to listen to. We want to be nice to listen to, <laughs> and we want to have interaction that I think is endearing and, and maybe helpful, encouraging yeah. and helpful. Uh, and that's just kind of us, our relationship on display. Yeah. But more than that, we don't want you to think of how great we are. We want you to think of how great Christ is. Way and more than that. We want you to think how great. Way more than that. Great um, God is. And it can kind of easily be, these kinds of things can become kind of a little mini cult of personality. Right. And that's just. Um, Trying to steer clear of that. How many use the word repulsive? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know. I just feel like, that you, yeah, anyway, I don't need to make All a right. case for that. Gospel-centered marriage. <laughs> That is a new uh, course, right? That we have released. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of new courses that we've released. Um, oh, you mean that thing I've spent the last six months of my life working fine. on? It's fine. It's fine. It's <laughs> fine. People um, don't seem to be signing up. No, they are actually. I'm ex- I'm encouraged by the response. Yes. No. It's it's. I think it's affordable. It's valuable. It's helpful. It gives you a place to start with your marriage if you're just kind of 
wanting to improve some stuff or you want to dive deeper into understanding, you know, we've talked about way more in depth uh, about in-laws and about setting boundaries and what that looks like. Uh, but we also have just kind of a flagship course of called gospel centered marriage that, you know, talks about all the things that we talk about of mm, and more. Go ahead. You are getting it wrong. You are remembering, you are remembering it wrong. It wrong. It's Go. The, the, the main course is called the six week marriage core course. <laughs> it's all part of gospel centered marriage, which is uh, an on, it's a growing suite of marriage enrichment content. Oh, guys, I just library. show up and I try to teach and be funny and <laughs> I don't try to be funny. <laughs> That's okay. By default, listen, Selena funny. is the home run hitter, and I'm just here putting the ball on the tee, and she's just <laughs> yeah, cranking right. it out of the yeah, park. Right. That's our whole rule. Right. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you if if are you a Frangioni fan? <laughs> do you drink Starbucks? Mocha no frappes? ads. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm saying all you gotta do is skip one of those caramel Frangionis a month, and you can afford gospel centered marriage. So, <laughs> we call them Frangionis around our house. If you have. Don't ask why. It's a really uh, long-running joke, and it's probably not that funny. I don't funny even remember why it came else. from. I remember, but I'm All not right. going to explain. All right, so you got some caveats you wanted to say here. Yeah, so uh, as we approach this conversation, I just want to be really careful, and we did mention this in the intro, is that it's really tempting to be like, hey, it's Q&A, ask us these questions, and Ryan and Selena will swoop in. We've got the answers. And yeah, there is a sense of that, in that we spend a lot of time thinking about this stuff, studying, writing, and we have spent the last how eight years doing this. So yeah, there is a sense that we have some answers to things. Uh, but I do, I don't want to go, I don't want to, I, I want to more so address these questions. And the, and the reason is uh, it's really hard to answer specific questions without specific knowledge. And it's really hard for you as question askers to ask specific questions in the mediums that we've given you, namely text, phone call. Um, there's no context of relationship between us and you. And so what I, I really want to do is, is frame these things from a, in, a, in a biblical, through a biblical context, think, think about them biblically, ask the questions of, of the text of scripture, and to the best of our ability, uh, be faithful to it mm-hmm. and, and, and addressing the question. So that's the first big um, caveat. Um, the second one is that there are a lot of questions that we aren't able to get to. So the hope is that by addressing them thematically, that you will be helped by it um, in the, in the various kind of nuanced circumstances that you're facing. Um, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So the first, you ready to dive in? I'm right here. Let's okay. do it. So the first question comes from um, Christopher, and he is a patron. Christopher, by the way, if you're listening to this, which I know you are, because you're always so <laughs> interactive with the, the early posts that we post in Patreon. Man, I can't tell you how encouraged I am by your um, your consistency and your response, but also your wisdom, like the comments that you leave, Chris, if I can call you that, you've only used Christopher in the Patreon. Um, the comments that you leave are extremely elucidating for me and helpful. And I wish you would write a marriage, <laughs> some sort of marriage resource. So, so we'll just set that that's out just there. my selfish uh, <laughs> desire. But this one comes from Chris, um, or Christopher rather from Patreon. He says this, I'm always curious in hearing stories. So have there been any boundaries you two have personally experimented with that didn't go as planned? And how did you know when to pivot or stick it through? It can be easy to either get stuck in a plan just because you planned it or give up too quickly when it doesn't work right away. How have you found the right balance? (laughs) I'll I'll start with this one. Um, Covenant eyes. So that was a that software. So a while back we were helped, we helped do a church plant as part of the church plant. They gave us a laptop, gave me a laptop. I was the worship leader and, um, pre-installed on that was a software called covenant eyes. And 
it's fine. It's basically an accountability software and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like agnostic toward those things. I don't think they're really that like, if you want to find a way around them, you can, but they are helpful if they're Mm -hmm. like a first kind of roadblock. Um, the point is it didn't work for us because that's not the kind of, I don't know. You just, you never really like you get, what happens is I'll do like browse, I'll browse the internet and do work and that kind of sort of thing. And it'll send Selena a list of things that they've deemed questionable Mm -hmm. and they can sometimes be like kind of false flags uh, and things that aren't actually questionable, but they, they hit the keyword. Yeah. Anyway, we just never found it useful. It just, yeah, it just felt more um, like I was policing or, you know, instead of just having the relationship and asking and the communication part, right. Having those questions just being asked and saying, Hey, how was your day? Was there anything questionable or do you feel like there's anything yeah. you need to share? And it wasn't a daily check-in, honestly. Um, but you know that for your relationship, right? There are seasons possibly where you have a daily check-in or multiple times a day check-in. Or um, you need software. Or you need software. And that's okay. But yeah. for us, we kind of were like, well, this isn't really, this battle's it, not super hot right now. And I think part of it was we didn't set up the boundary. It was yeah. set up for us. Yeah. And, and we was, tried it, but we found it to be much more fruitful to just... It um, wasn't for us for any purpose. It was because it was a church computer. So yeah. we wanted to make sure that yeah. that was just... Yeah. And so we so accountability is absolutely necessary in marriage. And our, our boundary for accountability is is in our honesty with one another. Right. It's more relationship. And the fact that I know that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to Selena about this at some point. Right. And that's, that's on, by God's grace, it's give, given way to this just fierce desire to honor him and right. honor her with with every interaction I have. When well, um, I think being, yeah, and I think online. being a part of like having, starting with some sort of boundary and then realizing, Oh, this works or it doesn't work. How can we maybe modify it to work better for us? Right. So mm-hmm. we were like, ah, eh, the software check-in thing is not great. What if we just had like a weekly check-in or a monthly check-in? However, mm-hmm. you know, let's talk about this and what would this look like and how frequently should we do yeah. it? So sometimes it's just, you know, realizing things are not working and, yeah. Just if it doesn't work, just I mean, I I don't I like to give things a chance at the beginning. That's just kind of my MO because usually at the beginning you're fumbling through something new. It's not going to feel great. It's always going to feel awkward and you want to just give up. Yeah. But usually once you uh have some repetition in, you know, enforcing such boundary and you you start to see kind of the fruit will be able to grow, but it takes time. And so I don't like to give up uh, immediately if we're yeah. trying something new. I'm, I'm always like, let's try it for a few weeks and get it into our rhythms and see how it works. If it just keeps failing, falling flat, okay, then we can talk about it. But we can't yeah. just, the first time it fails, say, nah, it doesn't work. You know, you got to give stuff a chance. Okay. So, and that, that goes in general for boundaries, right? Um, so another one we tried had had to be around like friendships. I remember you had a really toxic boss. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he was toxic, toxic. And we tried to create boundaries around kind of your heart in that, you know, don't let him talk to you in this way because he was pretty de- demeaning yeah. in how he spoke to and you. And manipulative and yeah, very, just very, I mean, it was just a whole office like culture. Yeah. And people probably know, you know. And it didn't work. Uh, and that's what, what ended up happening is you just kept kind of, you would, um, you had turned kind of inward and that you were trying to deal with it through like going to the gym really early in the morning or going to the barn. Well, yeah, I mean, it was not like outlets for your angst and your frustration Right. and it wasn't (laughs) working until you came home and you're like, you're like, right, please, please let me quit this job (laughs) because we needed the money. Well, we were were like refinancing our house at a certain point. Right. And so it was just like, you had to show employment for like two more weeks. And I was like, I'm going to die. I can't last two more weeks. Like it was, I think we went down there and confronted him. You did. Yeah. 
it was, it was spectacular, it's a spectacular train wreck. Uh, but I was like, you can't talk to my wife. <laughs> like I wasn't, I wasn't that confrontational. I was just basically like, listen, this won't work. No yeah. jokes, no swearing. No I stuff. think if that happened today, there would be humongous lawsuits because oh, yeah. of just everything yeah. that was uh, that is going on in the world in terms of like race and color and. That was a solid thirteen years ago. Yeah, when that was going down. Yeah, so yeah, it would not happen. I'm pretty today. sure he would he would be fired if not. Well, anyways, anyway, moving on. Let's get into some of these questions. Yeah. Um, so was, hopefully that just kind of gives you a picture of sometimes we have. Uh, found ourselves in places we didn't want to be or we've tried to instill boundaries that just didn't quite work but the key there I think was just giving it some time talking about it being relational yeah. being transparent and um, communicating just through the whole thing to know when to pivot mm-hmm. uh, pivot <laughs> pivot <laughs> uh, so. friends reference all right so okay, so let's. And there's another question. This comes from Lindsay W. This is another patron. So Lindsay, thank you for your uh, partnership on Patreon. I really appreciate it. Here's the question: uh, When married to a non-believer, what are healthy boundaries about church attendance slash involvement? Hmm. Okay, so uh, this is one of those ones I really want to look at. Um, we want to look at all of these this way, but biblically, right? Like, what does the Bible say? About church involvement, it says, "Let us not forsake the gathering of the saints." Right. Um, it it in a lot of other places uh, puts a lot of emphasis on the need for Christian community. And I, and I mean true Christian community, but there's right. true gospel centeredness there. There are a few differentiators when it comes to Christian community, uh, gospel centeredness being one of those uh, true transparency, discipleship and forward progress. As we walk in the light as he is in the light, he'll give us um, fellowship with one another and right. cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's, right. that's first John uh, that fellowship with one another has to do with walking in the light. Walking is a forward mo- movement, mm-hmm. a little stumbling there forward motion. And so that's what the Bible has to say about Christian community. And that's what I think you mean by church attendance and church involvement. Now, um, did you have something you want to add to that? Yeah, oh. I was just ta- I was just thinking about First Peter three one that talks about like likewise wives be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. Hmm. Um, and you talk and also about like Philippians two fourteen like so I'll, being that example do all things without grumbling or disputing so being that example of Christ um, having His light shine through us. Yeah. Um, part of that is, you know, yeah, not forsaking mm-hmm. church attendance. Um, involvement, I mean, you're going to need support. So yeah. what does that look like? I mean, not a lot of churches are doing, I think, big activities or, you know, programs right now. Um, it's more kind of a small group mm-hmm. um, gathering. And so what does that look like for your yeah. family? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like yeah. if, if they're a non-believer, then they probably are not going to value that as much. But the door is always open, obviously, right? So it's all of the attitude here. Right. And how are you, so, you know, I just don't want there to be division promoted. Right. And, but if, the, okay. Yes. But when the rubber meets the road, right. There's if, already a, if your husband starts divide. saying like, I forbid you, well, I don't know that a, I don't, I can't, I couldn't see that really happening in a, like in a secular, from a secular standpoint, like that's so unheard of unless the husband's just really controlling. Mm-hmm. You tend to see that sort of, I forbid you behavior really honestly in like, in believing believing households where the husband is uh, using his headship as dominance. And that's another version of sin. It's sinful to do that, to domineer as opposed to servant serve lovingly into um, that sort of Christ centered servant model uh, of headship. But when the rubber meets the road, like your loyalty is to Christ first. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't mean you walk away 
from your husband. It just means that in this area, like I'm submit, submitting to Christ and his truth. And you do that as lovingly as you can. Mm-hmm. You're not going to throw it in his face right. and make him resent you for it. But instead you can say, you can show him, listen, this is something that I need to do because of, of who I believe Christ is. Right. I want so badly for you to believe. You don't. So I'm going to go. I'm going to worship as I know I need to. And then, and be built and then watch as I love you better yeah. as because of Christ. Yeah. And then as, is it first Peter? It says, and let your witness kind of, yes. Um, win, you know, have win them over, win them over, right. Yeah. By great, by God's grace. So right. I think the, the quick answer is, um, finding those healthy boundaries has to do with recognizing like the place of church and the place of being a wife in that in, instance, finding that balance and knowing kind of where the scope of authority lies in those places. Right. But then also within that, the healthy boundaries piece means like, it's probably not a good season for you to be volunteering three nights a week right. at church. Right. You can still, you know, be faithful to the congregation. Don't forsake the gathering, but that doesn't mean you have to be at involved to the nth degree at that point you need to start exercising christian uh discernment liberty mm-hmm. in loving your husband in a way that is going to lead him to christ right but so i guess i'm seeing like okay a sunday morning and then a community group in the middle of the week would be you have to discern if if it's something that he's really up in arms over sure and you have to find that that balance i think that, yeah i that. just think something that a, a person should walk away with that has a non-believing spouse is you need to have that church support some sort of encouragement whether that be a a guide couple or a mentor Mm -hmm. or pastor or someone that you can connect with not just attending church and not being um, connected with the community of believers Mm -hmm. that you're in so being poured into while you're so that you're able to pour out better not better but just in a more bright way i guess for god all right next one let's go down to um Let's go. So we're going to start going thematically now. So those were our patron questions. Uh, hopefully those are helpful uh, to them, but also to our patrons, but also to anyone listening. Um, thematically, let's speak to these. So in terms of in-laws, again, this is the biggest theme. So we did do an episode last mm-hmm. week on in-laws. Mm-hmm. Go back if you haven't listened to that. Um, we, we go into some deeper kind of theology. I'll say like theology of the household. Like what is it? How do we... How are, maybe. Yeah, how are we to... Yeah, it's not really, yeah, I don't know. It's a doctrine of the household or something, but how are we to relate to those who are not our spouse, but are still part of our family? Yeah. Um, and so we talk about that at length. So we're kind of building on that here, but just to kind of give you a sense of how um, visceral this topic is for all the people who ask questions is uh, these are key words. All right. Disrespectful and talking about in-laws, disrespectful. If you're, I'll put it this way. If you're, if your in-laws are being disrespectful, judgy, passive aggressive, they're sharing TMI with their friends, uh, degrading to your spouse. They're too nosy. They're interjecting unwanted opinions, having wrong, but strong opinions. Uh, they're overbearing They're difficult personalities, political differences. They can't seem to let go or not bring up. Uh, they're controlling, they're loud and they're everything else. And just generally smelly. (laughs) Someone write that. <laughs> How do you tell your parents to take a shower? <laughs> no, that wasn't. I added that in there. Oh. I had to add something for posterity. <laughs> so, though, I mean, there's a lot here. And so we have to kind of think thematically because you can start to see, um, especially if you listen to the last week's episode, you'll start to see how the Bible does really help us in mm-hmm. this instance. Like, what's the purpose of those relationships? Mm. What is the, the purpose of... That, what is the role we are to play in fulfilling the purpose mm. of those relationships? So let's just get into some of the nitty gritty questions and hopefully, um, okay. hopefully we, we won't butcher it too much. Okay. So 
first one, um, and Selena, if you look through these and any of these jump out at you, just bring, feel free to um, interject. We'll probably do three in this vein here because we're getting already low on time. Um, boundaries with in-laws who intentionally do things to hurt your significant other or children. This comes from um, an Instagram user. And we're not going to share their handles, I don't yeah. think. Um, so you've got somebody, you've got your your mother-in-law, your father-in-law who... Um, for whatever reason, they're just kind of a toxic person and they're seeking to intentionally hurt your, your spouse or your children. What do you do? Well, I guess you have to define hurt. Um, if it's physical, get out of there, like be safe, hmm. uh, emotional or, you know, I guess there's probably some intellectual or spiritual sort of ways that people can hurt you. Um, the first thing that we do talk about when we're instilling boundaries is, uh, we have to talk about them. A lot of times we, sorry, we don't, talk about them because they are either like mm. unclear unsaid or and then they're unenforced right so how can we yeah. get clarity around these this type of boundary how can we begin to define you know okay this hurts what is this right why does this hurt um how can we discuss these things when these things hurt um i feel this way or this is not um, contributing to mm-hmm. the unity of our marriage. Um, this is hurting our children in this way. And then being able to kind of defend them and enforce them. So if if this continues, if this kind of talk continues or if this kind of attitude or behavior uh, continues, then we are not going to be able to be around you uh, until yeah. this is resolved, until you don't do these things anymore. This behavior stops. Yeah. We want to be around you. We love you. We don't love this behavior. Right. And so you're, you're inviting them. I mean, we talked about this last week is you're inviting them into understanding mm-hmm. and agreeing with you in that boundary right? and then enforcing that boundary. Right. And if, and you give them a chance to do that and right. if they, and they have, you know, the first time we, I think we talked about this, the first time you come back and say, Hey, remember that boundary we talked about? Yeah. You crossed it. And here's why that's not going to happen. If it happens again, we're not gonna be able to see you for a little while until, yeah. until you show us that you want to help us and enforce this boundary. Right. I will say this. Here's the trick. You have to be in agreement as as a husband and wife on this because it, it right the wife can't just go to her. If you're partially in agreement, or the wife says, "Hey, we need to get like your parents need to stay out of our life." Yeah, and I'm thinking, well, what about like? And I'm not right. in agreement. It's not with that you. bad. I mean, it's fine. Right, just kind of the and so you need you don't to, and see that's it the, the clarity same way. Piece, yes, is you have to be really clear about defining what the boundary is and why the boundary is necessary and what is the good you're projecting. Right with the boundary and what is the, the bad you're trying to keep out and why is it bad? Right. And so go to do that hard work of, of discovering Just that. Defining it. Yes. Yeah. Um, you need to define it and yeah, I think be clear what hurts. Why does it yeah. hurt? Why is, why would you label this as something that's hurting? Right. It's not, we're not interrogating you. We're trying to understand, okay, what is hurting you? Why? Yeah. Let's talk about why it's hurting or hurt, yeah. a hurtful behavior towards you or your children. And then is there a way we can defend this and we can, invite them into understanding mm. why this is a hurt and you know maybe they just yeah. don't see it like that and it's just been a a rough road because sometimes i think people act a certain way and they until they're called on it they don't really see it as the way we see it right they don't see it as hurtful yeah. they see it as just poking fun or like having a relationship right. some way so I, I like this question first because i feel like it hits a lot of those keywords we hit we, we touched on like disrespectful yeah. judgy it doesn't i mean someone could be being judgy passive aggressive or they're you know sharing too much information with their friends or gossiping about your spouse to their friends and right. it's embarrassing to you and it's dishonoring to your spouse a lot of that harmful behavior 
like the first piece is understanding the clarity with clarity what it is that's happening to you right. with your with you and your spouse, and then then articulating that to them, saying you can't breach right. this, and that has to do with not just intentionally hurting, like hey, calling my spouse names, but in hurting it's intentional, but it's not and known. Take, taking a biblical perspective on this, we have to know that just because it. I think there's there we have to be like you're saying we have to define what is hurting so we have to define our convictions around this what does the bible say of how we are supposed to treat each other what does the bible say on how i'm supposed to be loving and kind and patient okay i'm supposed to be this way but i'm also not supposed to just intentionally put me and my family in harm's way right and we're supposed to steward and look out for defend and protect our family um yeah so yeah, and um, and that's, I, I mean, another piece of scripture to that in terms of defining the convictions is like maybe they speak ill of you because of your convictions as right. as Christians. They could be unbelievers for sure. And that's where you say, all right, well, that's like that's just a burden that we have to bear with mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. That because they they hated him, they're going to hate us too. Right. And that's not something that I can ever really fix in them. And does that mean we now start shunning them because they're just mean to us? And we went over this last week, but no, that doesn't mean that. It means that there's there's a sense of protecting your marriage from harm, and we're not just saying protect your marriage from discomfort. <laughs> there's a difference. Mm-hmm. The toxicity will get in there and start to kill you. That's that's harm. But like people that just aren't nice um, and just don't want to deal with like. <laughs> that that may, that could take some you know there's maturing that needs to happen in that relationship, right. and and, um, and you can might maybe be a part of that process. Um, okay, so uh, th- here's one that came up, um, and this is from Taylor. Uh, that's that's just. I'm not going to share the whole handle, but Taylor on Instagram, uh, in-laws are constantly telling you that you don't, that you shouldn't get pregnant yet. We've been married for two years. What should we do? Um, <laughs> as I was reading these questions, well, that's my, a my, hard thing. Don't, my knee jerk reaction was that's not, that's none of their business. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> I know, I know. I think that's that a knee jerk reaction, but as you, re- as you, as I read this more and more, you know, maybe their parents know them and we don't know the whole situation, right? Maybe, there's something there that um, parents are trying to protect or instill like wisdom. Um, hmm. I don't know. That's a, it's a hard one to answer. I mean, yes, the knee jerk reaction is like, how how dare you tell me when I should get pregnant or not? Um, if I'm married, right? And I just well, what what are what are the parents' belief system? Right? Are they do they subscribe to the same? truth our truth the the truth not what truth but do they value god and his word and if not then you know i'd probably be pretty leery of what is their agenda why are they saying these things um i struggle with that because i don't see in scripture any sort of that language i see in scripture that children are a blessing right from the lord um and you know i see in scripture a call to stewardship a call to um you know, mindful household management, right? Uh, and loving our children well. And I, I don't see you. a call. I agree with you. in scripture to like hold off on having kids until your in laws say it. So, and I know that would never be that like overt, but you know what I'm saying, right? And so that's where I struggle. Like, if we're going to look at this biblically, like biblically speaking, it's outside of the scope of your in laws to really, right? So um, you're not dishonoring them by not taking what they say. Right, and and they're That's not they're not God. Like they're to. not they're, they're not ones that are going to tell you like you can't have a kid in this time because I'm sovereign. Like I don't think it's healthy for you or the child. They might have wisdom in that. I'm not saying that there's not. I'm saying wisdom, and maybe is there some sort of like 
mental health issue that needs to be dealt with? Is there not dealt with, but uh, worked through it? Again, children are a blessing. God is sovereign. So again, we have to, um, I think just trust God in, in that situation. And I don't necessarily think that in-laws should have that big of a say. Um, again, the dynamics and the relationship is so, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. So, so so speaking generally to it, that's very true. We don't know Taylor. We don't know your specific situation. Um, of course we're just getting, you're, you're asking the question. We don't have any of the perspective around it. I just want to be really cautious around, um, the commoditization of childbearing and right. child rearing. Right. The children are not a commodity. They're not something we add to our lives when our life is good and ready. Children are a blessing of, from the Lord. They are, um, a gift from God. Right. I honestly, like one of my regrets in life is not having kids sooner. Yeah. And I think God's gracious. I know God's gracious in that he's used our own kind of attitudes. Uh, we waited 10 years to have our first child. We have um, pretty strong convictions around contraception. And so we used methods that are non-chemical in contraception because we don't want to accidentally conceive and then abort, you know, a uh, an embryo. And so there's a lot of conviction there. And so, but the point I want to say is, I just, we can take, we can claim too much agency over this, mm-hmm. but there's, there's the, the far side of the spectrum. This was one of the questions is like, should we, should we in any way try to regulate how many kids we have, or should we just trust that God's going to give us all the kids we need? And, um, we interviewed a while back, uh, Adam and Chelsea Griffin on here. And one and that was one of the questions we talked through with them. And I love that he's a pastor in the Dallas area. And I love how he approached it. And the first question was, you kind of have to ask yourself why, like at what, what, why are we asking this question of should we allow, you know, kids like should we control the release of kids into our lives? Is that if that makes sense? And is it and it comes down to like, are you trying to? Or is God sovereign or is He not? And mm. and He can be sovereign in your decision to hold off. <laughs> he can be. Mm-hmm. He can be. And and so and there's a different call to fruitfulness in the Old Testament with childbearing than there is in in New Testament, there's a different purpose there. Well, I'm opening a lot of cans of worms today. I was going to say, there's a lot of theology. We can't just, I think, ask questions and expect easy answers because these are big questions with a lot of sub-questions, with a lot of sub-sub-questions, I think. So um, generally speaking, God is sovereign. Um, Children are a blessing. Uh, If there are parents in your life that are exercising some of this authority, uh, I would... I would say pray and ask, seek a, seek wisdom and ask, is there a way we can honor them in this conversation? Is yeah. there a way we can honor them in setting a boundary? Are they looking out for something? Are they seeing something that we are not seeing? Uh, and be humble in that approach because it's so easy for us to kind of want to rail against that authority. Uh, our pride can just kind of, at least mine would probably like rise up and just defend it to the, to the ground. But let's not be blind. Let's not just act irrationally because we feel like it. Like let's Mm. explore this reason for them constantly telling us this. Why? I'm really, I'm really, I'm I'm honestly really surprised by your, by your take on this. And that's good. It's helpful. I think it's adding more nuance to the conversation. So in general, I believe I I agree with you. Here's I kind of where I think we can leave it is if you, all else things, all other things considered your marriage is in a, in a good spot. Uh, your relationship is healthy and strong and you have a desire to have children yeah. and you feel the Lord leading you in that desire, 
and your husband and you are in agreement on that and you, you're trusting him with that and it's a, a wonderful thing. And for whatever reason, they're saying hold off because maybe you're not financially ready, you're finishing school or there's some other, you don't have the right job. Whatever that thing is, if it's anything other than I think what Salim has described and if you feel a conviction from the Lord, I would be fairly confident to say like, obey God in that. Yeah. Um, hopefully that was helpful. Um, it's, it's really hard not to get prescriptive on those because, yeah. Okay, let's um, we'll shift gears a little bit because we're... These questions are really intense, and so I, I want to get through to some of these um, within marriage yeah. boundaries. Yeah, we can spend some time. Oh, yeah, here and others. Yeah, the kids. When we did have a whole conversation, like a whole episode yeah. on that, so yeah. the one within marriage and with uh, people of the opposite sex would be a really beneficial, yeah. in and my so, opinion. So um, this is a general question, but I think it's helpful to, to do up front here. So my husband believes that boundaries in marriage aren't biblical. Where do we go from here? Um. Well, go listen to the the boundaries episodes <laughs> um, to start. There's four of them. Yeah. Uh, the first one's all about boundaries and kind of establishing the philosophy or even the um, what what was the word you used? Like kind of like the physics. I use that word. The physics of boundaries and what they actually are and the the, the well because we they serve. we had the same sort of almost disagreement, just knee jerk reaction. I was like, well, there's no boundaries in marriage, and then you're like, well, actually, yeah, there are. And I was like, what are they? Give me examples, right? Examples are always yeah uh, very fruitful. So. For for this, uh, this is an Instagram um, follower. Her first name is Lindsay. Um, I'm guessing that she's, so her husband believes that boundaries in marriage aren't biblical. Where do we go from here? I'm wondering what now, what she means by that. In that uh, boundaries in marriage aren't biblical in the sense that I'm fully known and fully loved by you. Right. And are in our covenant, like there's nothing separating us. Right. Where boundaries, I think, do become necessary and biblical in marriage is around our own like behaviors and sins. And there's a certain level of decorum. I mean, I'm not going to ever call you names. I'm not ever going to talk about divorce flippantly right, or threaten or seriously. Yeah. Like divorce is, is a boundary that we have well established. That's not, that's Something. out of bounds. Right. And so even around like our sex life, there's certain bound, and we've talked about this at length. There's certain boundaries that are in place for our health and for the expression of, of individual desire right. that are they're they're they're, uh, they're bridled by by our love for one another like mm-hmm. i can't just and so there are boundaries within marriage that are healthy right and so i think what Lindsay is getting at is um i think it's probably the i, I I'm, I'm confused honestly i don't know so yeah what what area what do they mean what yeah. does she mean my husband doesn't believe in boundaries that boundaries in marriage are not biblical what does that mean like hmm. yeah yeah Maybe she needs more personal time because that's how she connects with God or that's how she's able to clear her head. And maybe he's well, saying like, boundaries is such a, you shouldn't be a want to be alone. She want to be with me all a the time. Nuance. It's such a weird word, right? right? Cause there's yeah. so much, so you have to define what that means and, and talk about that. You need to probably listen to the episodes, um, because they, I think they would illuminate, um, and define things, just add more clarity. And so then you can start having that conversation of saying, mm. husband, what do you mean you don't think boundaries are biblical? What yeah. What are you saying here? Um, I yeah. definitely think just diving into that question more would be helpful. So yeah. Um, next question. Um, here's one that's helpful, and I think we'll lead into the next view where we're going to talk about uh, relationships with the opposite sex, like friendships mm. of the opposite sex, and even texting and phones and that's, you know, around that topic. Yeah. But this one's helpful as a jump off point is while speaking the truth in love, uh, how do I have less fear in delivering a boundary with possible backlash? Um, so the question, I think what the questioner is asking here is how do I set a boundary in place without being afraid that it's my, my husband and my wife is going to yeah. lash out at me because of it. 
I've definitely, I'm not trying to throw you in the bus, but I definitely have wrestled with something like that of how do I speak the truth in love here? Because I know my husband and I know his tendencies and I know his ability to argue and I know his ability to kind of have that backlash and come back at me. <laughs> He's probably, you're not boiling yet, are you? <laughs> well, I'm just thinking like, um, uh, how do you, yeah, how do you, and I think a lot of it just kind of comes from asking questions, um, saying, hey, I love you. I care about you. Um, have you felt, have you struggled with this at all? Because, and asking that, and if they say, no, feels great, everything's great, then say, okay, well, um, just as your wife, I want to, can we talk about, you know, mm. X? Because I don't feel like this has been a very healthy thing. I, I've yeah. observed some just attitudes and behaviors. Um, again, I'm not policing you. I'm with you on this and I want to help. Can we talk about this subject? Because mm. it's, I don't know, something is stirring around in my heart. I can't seem to shake it. I've been praying about it for a long time and you got to give some things time, right? And you have to say, okay, is this uh, something that really needs to be brought up? Is this a boundary that we need to set in place? Um, and God is so I think clear in convicting us and leading us. Um, and we can't be afraid. Uh, That's the thing is you can't be afraid to go to battle because the battle is not for you to win versus you. It's not you and your husband, right? It's, it's, it's for your spouse's heart. It's for their, whatever their purity or their, um, sanctification. And it's again, you, but you're a co-traveler with them. You are not somebody lording it over them. There's a huge humility piece, uh, that I think is kind of the pathway you have to take. So there, um, I'm going to take another angle in this question because I think it's centered around the fear, mm-hmm. like knowing the, the boundary, but, but being afraid of, of enforcing it or articulating it because just you're, you're afraid. And so, and the question as I read it was, how do I have less fear in delivering a boundary? And so I would encourage with that angle, I would, I would go to Proverbs 14 verse 24, the crown of the wise is their wealth, but the folly of fools brings folly. Uh, the t- a truthful witness saves lives, but mm-hmm. one who breathes out lies is deceitful. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children will have a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life mm-hmm. that one may turn away from the snares of death. Uh, in the multitude of people is the glory of a king. It goes on without people, a prince is ruined. So I, I just want to contrast that with yeah. the, like the fear of the Lord versus the fear of man. Right? And, and there's a difference between saying something in a sloppy kind of lazy haphazard way mm-hmm. just because you have to get it out. Right. That's not what we're talking about. We're saying if God has convicted you and you see a clear boundary that needs to be drawn for mm-hmm. the health of your marriage, for the health of your relationship with God, whatever that boundary needs right. to be, then you don't have to fear man in that. Right. You can, you need to fear the Lord in that. So in other words, trust in the Lord with all your heart, yes. Only not on your own understandings, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he'll yeah. make your path straight. And that takes and faith. you don't have to, yeah, you don't have to be afraid of the backlash because I think oftentimes there is backlash and you can kind of just expect that. But then as you move forward, like the backlash was just what it was. Yeah. And there's. You have to be able to separate the backlash because of your delivery and the backlash because of the, the conviction God's given you. Yeah. Because sometimes there's inner, there's other interrelational mm-hmm. dynamics at play that cause the backlash. Maybe you've not spoken with respect to your husband in years. And he feels like everything you do is is tearing him down. Right. Oh, well, then that needs to be kind of addressed at least. Mm-hmm. And that, honestly, mm-hmm. something like that could be yeah. addressed as easily as, I know that, I, that I've struggled with showing you honor and respect in the last few years. And I know we've had a lot of issues. 
but I feel like this is a boundary that we need to talk about. Mm. And here, and here's why I feel that way because the Lord has shown me how this is unhealthy for you. It's unhealthy for us. And, and if we enforce and articulate this boundary, it could lead us to a greater place of health. So um, let's move on to the next one. Hopefully that was helpful. Um, Getting into screens and tech. Oh, yes. We need to talk about that. And we need to talk about uh, people of the opposite sex. This might be, mm. yeah, th- we got this a, might be a longer episode here. It's okay. Um, so is it okay to ask your husband who he's texting, even late at night? He always gets upset at me. I would say any spouse, not just husbands. I think wives can easily fall into this as well. So is it okay to ask your spouse who they're texting, even late mm-hmm. at night? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I will say this. I think there's absolutely no reason. There should be no reason for your husband or your wife to not tell them who they're texting at right. night. Okay. Now, okay. That's the, the big blanket thing. <laughs> there's a few reasons you might be asking this question. Right. You might be asking the question because you don't trust him. Right. And, you, and maybe he has a track record of kind of going off the rails in this area. Or you have an attitude of policing, which could get. Yeah. You don't trust. Yeah. And so the trust could that's be either. That's why he's getting he upset because he's just like, he's I'm just texting my coworker or something. Right. And like. And he's just so tired of you asking him yeah. and nagging him. I'm not saying you are listener, but I'm saying that that could be the reason why you're asking because there's that tendency mm-hmm. to police and to, to not give him your trust, even when he, uh, you know, deserves it in a way. Um, or he's broken it and he doesn't deserve it. And now you're asking because you just, you genuinely don't trust him. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the, those are some of the reasons. Another reason is you just, why are you, you could be asking because he's disengaged and you want to know like, why are you disengaged what's so right, pressing like what's so, right now? And that's kind of what ends yeah. up being our argument at night is you'll be pecking away on the phone. <laughs> How dare you? You are the one always texting all your guy friends. And I'm You're like, the one. Who no, is so important right now that you, do you it. cannot talk to me. Can't triple stamp a double stamp. <laughs> don't. don't. And the, point, the point being, uh, we'll, we'll get at, and you just heard a little bit of it, but we'll get after each other because I'll be like, what are you even doing right now? Like this is, we're hanging out and you're, and you do the same thing to me. And we both have to work on it. Selena more than me. I feel like we've gotten a little more bold. At least I have. I'm like, why are you on your phone right now? I don't even like, there's no prerequisite. I'm just kind of like. And then I'll say, why are you the way that you are? (laughs) And then I know (laughs) that I'm right. (laughs) And I win. And I say, because because I'm just bored right now. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) I'm bored with this. How dare you? Never. So boundaries with screens. We did, did we do, (laughs) this is so bad. Did we do an episode on it or was it pulled into the intimacy piece because I think we did we boundaries didn't. and intimacy. Yeah, no, I think we're going to do a full tech series at some point yeah. around this because it's such a big topic and how to like navigate this area of technology. Yeah. Well, and there's a way you can take yeah. on the offense and not just enforce boundaries and feel yeah. like you're on the defense. There's a whole like go to gospel tech, <laughs> go find them. There's a whole way that we can just, how can we live on the offense in a way that is God glorifying? So, yeah. Um, Okay, so here's one that's around social media. Yeah. Um, uh, how do you set boundaries? Okay, excuse me. So how do you how do married couples set boundaries with the people they follow on social media and how they can set healthy boundaries around social media slash phone usage? Um, there's another one in the same vein, boundaries around posting on social media. In other words, like what they wear and how they dress when they're posting. Hmm. Hmm. I'm just going to say like if you're on Instagram and you're posting, like if I'm you, Selena, if I saw you posting things that were, like I'll use the word sexy. Like okay. if you were like purposefully being sexy and women, you know, when you're doing this, I'm just, am I wrong in that? Sure. 
I don't know. Wait, I'm I wrong s- in that? Or no, not? you're not wrong. Sorry. I'm following. I feel like yes. women know when they look good and they and they like to flaunt it. Is that right? I'm asking honestly. Yes. I'll answer honestly. I don't want to attribute uh No, emo- I think that when you it's like no, quickly. it's like if you're going to a wedding, right? And you look nice and like if I look nice, I usually want to take a picture with you. But there are the occasions I think when women can fall into like oh, I got this cute outfit or I'm in the sunshine in my swimsuit and I'm so excited and like can just pretend. Mm, I, I don't I'm know. not, no, I'm not arguing. I'm saying yes, they are, they are being, but I think it's more than the motivation that. I think it's is, like, is, and I also worked out all winter and I want everyone to know how fabulous I am. Yeah. And I also want some validation that I get through likes and follows and things. Sure. And again, we're attributing motives. Maybe we're, maybe we're projecting. <laughs> I don't know. Because we didn't work out at all. <laughs> just kidding. Chocolate you did. bod. You did. <laughs> Chocobod.com. Check it out. It's the easiest diet you'll ever no. do. Just eat a bar of chocolate a day. So what are you saying here? Because we're running out of time. What What are you saying? So okay, what are so the boundaries? I think there needs to be conversations around it. So again, looking biblically at it, what does the Bible tell us? Now, this is a whole different episode, but we've lost an ethic of modesty in Western culture of what it means to be a modest person, uh, to be a chaste, chaste person. Well, to have purity, um, and chastity, purity, about piety, and modesty, modesty, <laughs> modesty. <laughs> That's a different thing. <laughs> it's just it's totally deep tracks. <laughs> Can't get into it. <laughs> um, point, one of those in a long time. <laughs> it just makes me point laugh. we're trying to make is that there is a sense that we've just we've been swimming in this water for so long that we've forgotten just how far from a biblical ethic of purity we've come. Mm-hmm. And so there needs to be a calibration around this. If we're going to think biblically, if we're going to act and respond to the biblical text and be obedient to what it says, mm. we have to calibrate ourselves and say, what in terms of our phone usage, in terms of our level of distraction, in terms of how, how we frivolous we're being with our time. We, yeah. And what we post and what we are consumed by. Yeah. And there's two kind of takes, there's two sides of this conversation. Yeah. There's the, how often am I on the social media and letting it consume my heart, soul, and my time. That's one conversation. And then there's how am I participating in this thing that is social media? Am I doing things that are edifying to the church and honoring to my brothers and sisters in Christ, starting with my husband, my kids, mm-hmm. and my, my, you know, the people that follow me? Am I, am I honoring Christ here? Yeah. Or am I creating like envy and, and device? So that's why the conversation changes. It's Vision. not just, Hey, I don't like you posting those photos because it makes me feel like you're out there for the world to see. That's true. But the truer thing is God has called us to honor him here. And here's how I feel like maybe you're posting things. This could go either way that aren't honoring to him for husbands. I see a lot of guys posting like you're so proud of your accomplishments. It's all about like material success, material, you know, status or whatever. And that can start to, what that does is create envy in other people. It creates the sense of missing out in other people. Like Mm -hmm. if everything you post is this ideal, idealized moment in your life, that I would argue, Christian, that it might not be the most edifying thing that you could be posting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it depends on your heart, your motives, and I, I'm not gonna. I, I know it's hard to. It's, it's hard. hard. To, I mean, just posting in general, I think is. I post very little. It's very questionable. I, Even me, yeah. I, I mean, I all my posts are about our kids. Basically, I'm in some of them, but I'm typically always taking the picture because I just see moments and I just want to share. But it's like, well. Do I have to? Do I need to? Probably not. Like I, I have so many photos that I, you yeah. know we just don't share. But it's, I think there has to be boundaries around that. For again, what is the offense here? What what is the yeah. where's the clarity? How can we 
communicate it and defend it. You know, our relationship is between us. Yeah. Um, if I'm trying to attract other types of uh, attention in different ways, then that's that's something you need to talk about. That I would yeah. I would call that sinful, like attracting information, attracting someone of the opposite sex or getting that sort of attention uh, intentionally is yeah. starting to kind of, yeah. it's not valuing your covenant. It's not. Well, and I think it does turn the, it t- turns the corner on siphoning off some of God's glory for yourself mm. at some point. Sure. And the clearest example I can think of on this, and it's tragic, is is maybe a young woman on social media who is trying to get a following and to, to help gain the following, she is exploiting herself mm-hmm. by wearing things that she knows will will garner attention and will get likes and interaction. And some of that interaction is going to be from some really unhealthy young men mm-hmm. or old men, creepers online, but it's kind of part of the part of the game. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the scary thing is we're not inviting God into that conversation right. often enough. Right. We're not saying, God, how can I honor you with this post before I hit submit, post, send, whatever, Am I inviting God into that conversation and saying, how is this going to edify the church? How is this going to glorify you? Hmm. And how is this going to give ultimate glory to you and not siphon some of that off for myself? So good. And that's, that's a deep conversation. But to me, that's the foundation for all of these things around social media. Who am I following? How am I interacting with others? How am I posting? Uh, If we're, if we're asking those big questions, I think a lot of the little ones will be kind of solved at the outset. Do you want to move into just friends of the opposite sex and then yeah. talk about sort of some of these things, um, the girls' night and the guys' night types things? Yeah. Or where do you want to go? We've well, a lot okay. of good questions so here. I think, we, I think it warrants a little bit extra time. If you want to, you can kind of fast forward um, through these. But let's talk through friends of the opposite sex because this is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it can easily start through social media, right? Like you just, mm-hmm. it feels so... Uh, innocent and everybody can see your interaction and it's fine and you can tell your husband or whatever or you can tag them and it seems all fine and good um, mm-hmm. until it's not so uh, exactly so here's a kind of ge- generic version of it was asked by um, by an Instagrammer uh, how do how do y'all deal with friends slash co-workers specifically of the opposite sex okay uh, there's another version of that question. Friends of the opposite sex. Are they okay or not okay? I feel my husband isn't setting proper boundaries. Hmm. Um, uh, let's see here. Let's Yeah, there's a few more of those. Okay, solo night out. Oh, this one was grating to me, but is it okay for my husband or wife to have a solo night out with a co-ed work friend? You know, they're one-on-one with a co-ed with an opposite sex person. Um, unequivocally, no, that's not okay. <laughs> I'm just going to say no. Uh, why would you do that? Right. Um there's no need for that. And even if you're just friends, like I just think you're putting yourself out there and, and to, to start kind of wedging, putting a wedge between you and your spouse. And otherwise this, like when you're out with somebody at night, having drinks, eating food, enjoying an atmosphere, you know, whether you're on a business trip or whatever, it's even more, I think inappropriate if you're not on a business trip, because it's oh, like sure. you're going, you're leaving your house, you're leaving your, your wife to go yeah. have dinner with it. So let's talk about more so no, of what people are probably dealing with. Cause I don't think that's a big, I think it's a big one. I think you'd be surprised okay, to be honest. Well. Uh, but friends of the opposite sex, are they okay or not okay? Yes, they're okay. Like that's it's God has given us men and women and they each are they're complementary in terms of they they have different gifts and different um, ideas and ways of thinking, attitudes of being that are different and they're gifts to the church. Yes. And we have I, friends that are of the opposite sex. Yes, but how do you interact with them? Exactly. I was like I 
friends of the opposite sex, I guess, would be all of the husbands of the wives that I hang out with, right? I don't have any friends that are, yeah. I don't first hang out with their wife or know their wife or like there's no, just nobody like that. There's no need to have a one-on-one relationship with these people. No. I have a friendship with them, but our friendship is based in, in a on, context. In on our, yeah. Our friendship does not have a context in itself. Right. When, you know, and so like I'm thinking of, I don't want to name any specific people, but the point is there's an appropriate level of interaction. Mm-hmm. And so how do we identify what's appropriate, what's not appropriate? Right. That's where the Bible doesn't give us a lot of like really explicit thou shalt nots or thou shalt. Text a someone of the opposite sex on their own. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't hang out with, uh, you know, a friend of the opposite sex for longer than an hour. Like we, have, just, that kind we of... have rules of thumb that have served us well in terms of preserving our purity, preserving, uh, keeping us above, you know, reproach and making sure everything's on the up and up and clarity around. So, uh, interactions, Maybe we share those. interactions of, uh, I don't text any other guy without Ryan on the text thread or that person's wife. There's so never a one-on-one. My good buddy, Jeff, longest friend, best friend, um, I knew Jeff before you. No, you knew Jeff before. Yeah, how me. dare you? <laughs> Jeff and I went to school before you. Jeff and I have climbed mountains together. We've gone and we've crossed borders together. We've hitchhiked. We didn't hitchhike. We we actually rode a bus from southern Mexico to Costa Rica. Thank to God you guys are all still alive. There's lots of crazies on that. We've done a lot of fun stuff together. Crazy stuff. Um, but there's a, there's reasons why Selena might need to interact with Jeff one on one, and it has to do with work because Jeff does a lot of our video stuff. He does a lot of you know kind of kid coordinating stuff. He and I'm terrible at text. So, but Selena still will every time you text Jeff, unless it's a surprise for me. Then Elise, his wife, is yeah. on it. Yes. <laughs> and so that's one of our rules of thumb is you never text one-on-one with an opposite right. sex. No matter how familiar it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another one is I, I will never um, be alone in a in a room without the door being open. Now, a lot of the people who work with us on in Fierce Marriage are women. Actually, yeah. well, most of them are women, not all of them. Yeah. Um, and the, the gal that Kyla, she does all of... She's like our right hand person does mm-hmm. all the like kind of nit, all the nitty gritty stuff. Um, we have a lot of reasons to meet, yeah. but they're just never, we're never with the room, uh, with the door closed. Right. The, um, and that's just, and that's not anything against her or anything that I'm afraid right. I'm going to do or say. It's nope. just, that's above reproach. Yeah. Um, we'll never ride in the car alone. Yeah. It's, it, I think it's the same category. Well, and I think also if you are in a situation, right, you f- somehow find yourself in a situation with somebody of the opposite sex, like the, one of the first things that you always do is you talk highly about your spouse or you're always talking mm-hmm. about them and making it known not the in like great. a Selena's greater <laughs> not in like oh this burger's delicious a, but not as delicious as my wife <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I guess maybe just that bring her up fellas yeah you know your just, wife of course just being yeah. aware of the dynamic there and being clear about where your devotion lies so again keeping there should, there really shouldn't, if you're married, there's no reason for you to be engaging with somebody of the opposite sex, uh, one-on-one. Yeah. I would make that, I'd yeah. put that out there clear through mm-hmm. and through. So, yeah. Um, great, great. Okay. So, um, we're gonna wrap it up here. Oh, what about, um, did you want to do the TMI or the, yeah, let's, let's talk about this. Okay. Uh, Okay, so talking to your girlfriends about their sexual experience. This is a, a girl asked this. Uh, is it appropriate to talk to your girlfriends about their sexual experiences and vice versa? Yes or no? Um, that was from Instagram. Lauren, um, won't say the last name. Uh, what do you think? 
Um, I mean, what's the purpose is my next question. Mm. Uh, you know, if we're talking about it just to kind of talk about it, I don't think it's appropriate, but if, if I'm a young wife and I'm struggling with something sexually and I don't know if it's, you know, wrong or right, or I don't, I just don't feel right about it. Can I go to my Christian girlfriends and say that are married and say, Hey, have you guys ever experienced this? I'm, I'm, I'm obviously this is very like personal, but how can, can, you know, finding some wisdom there again, what is the purpose? What is the desire? What is the, the objective here to just talk about, you know, how to best experience sex and all that. I don't think that's the place for it. Like, well, I mean, you had two really important qualifiers in there that I don't want to gloss over. The question was phrased, can you talk to your girlfriends about their sexual experience? And you said, if I go to my Christian girlfriends Mm -hmm. who are married. Okay. So there's a context there. If you're just, if you're just shooting the breeze about sex in general, and you happen to talk about, and they, you know, if they don't have any same, the same worldview as you, they don't have any of the same values of you and, and they're not married. They're not in that context of a covenantal sexual experience. And they're telling you about some other yeah. sexual experiences they've it's had that are, that are not in that context. How's that? I don't see how that's going to be really helpful. Um, I mean, unless you, once you get past the really like basic mechanics of things, which to me are, they're highly interesting, I think, for a podcast like this to talk about the mechanics of like, hey, what's it? What's what do you do in bed and stuff like that stuff? What I just think it's very surfacey, yeah. Because honestly, like that's between a husband and a wife, and you guys should be having those steamy conversations. Like, what should we be? What can we do that's fun or different? Or here's what you know, my desire. Here's what your desire is, and how can we meet those desires and have fun doing it and honor God in the process? To me, that's like that's good stuff. But so this conversation, I don't see how it's really fruitful unless you have those shared contexts, Christian, right. married. Um, and then, and then I think you can actually put on some filters and say like, this is a very private thing. Our sexual experience is private. It's just for me and you. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to Selena now. <laughs> it's just for me and you. Yeah. So if I'm talking to a friend, like say we're having a hard time, we're not connecting. Yeah. I can go to that friend and speak generally to it mm-hmm. without getting into the yeah, the, the, you can the identify specifics. the problem without diving into all the specifics of everything, I think. And I'm thinking very, very specific things like anything that, like you would never want. Here's not here's a general rule of thumb I just came up with is like you'd never want to describe something in a way that would anyway conjure a visual image of your spouse. Right. That how is that going to be helpful? Right. Not going to be helpful. It, and I, I hesitate to even give an example here because I feel like this just so easily goes down that road. Yeah, I think people can gather for themselves. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, let's talk through these really quickly. Um, separate bedrooms. Hmm. Is that okay to have separate bedrooms as a boundary? It's so funny because I think back in the fifties you would see those kinds of beds, right? Like, yeah, separate I don't beds. Know. I don't separate know about beds. Bedrooms, but, yeah. I thought I saw separate beds and separate bedrooms. Okay, so thinking biblically about this. Um, <laughs> We don't see a lot of language in the Bible about uh, bedrooms uh, in terms of marriage. We do see things about the marriage bed, but that's usually about keeping it pure, keeping mm-hmm. it undefiled before God. I think, I forget that. Was that in Hosea? I forget where that was. Um, we do see uh, Paul talking about how we give one another and we don't we don't belong to ourselves. Talking about sex, we see Song of Solomon, which is a beautiful exchange between a husband and a wife. Uh, we don't see a lot about bedrooms. So I, we, we have to be careful not to take upon ourselves these arbitrary boundaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the deal. You have some spouses. You, it, okay, so you wouldn't want to give someone a moral imperative that's not there in Scripture. 
when you do that, you start becoming a legalist. You start becoming a, somebody who's more a, an advocate of cultural norms than you are biblical norms. And so you have to be really careful there. I think there, in general, it's a good idea to um, be together in bed because that's a beautiful thing and it's it's good. But there are instances where you're not able to. So one clear example is you have a hu- husband or a wife with severe sleep apnea and the other person can't sleep at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that's just for health reasons, you would make that decision. Now, hopefully you're finding a way toward getting rid of the sleep apnea, you know, and other decisions and, and through getting and help from doctors to, and things. Yeah, have intimacy. Yeah, and, and hopefully, yeah, you're not, your intimacy's not suffering for it or the husband's not in the bedroom by himself now with his phone and a laptop and he's succumbing to all sorts of temptation now because there's no accountability there. So there's all kinds of other things to think through. Um, another instance is, um, you know, is if you've got a young child mm-hmm. or young children that need to be, um, slept like snuggled with or they're afraid or whatever and there's a season in your marriage where you need to um, either uh, be in the bedroom or have them in the bedroom with you and so yeah that sometimes that I mean when we have sick kids I'm usually depending one of us is with them uh, we try to quarantine <laughs> to try to avoid you know anybody else getting sick so that usually means they go down to another room or they go somewhere else with one another parent and we just kind of stick with them make sure they're not alone and all that but yeah there's seasons with little kids and it's not forever i think the big thing to protect is just your intimacy um making your integrity, sh- yeah. Your integrity. yeah um i don't know if there's more to say to that because- the big key here is not heaping on yourself an arbitrary burden that is not given by scripture so if if for that season you have to be in a separate bed uh don't think that you're somehow a terrible yeah, person. or setting a precedence even. I mean, understanding yeah. like this yeah. is a season. And if it's a problem, then talk about it. Talk about it and say, let's figure this out so we can get back together right. in the same bit. Right. Um, in the same vein, here's another question. How do we set up bank accounts? One account or separate? Um, again, not a whole lot of biblical clarity, although I will say from the themes in the Bible and in the spirit of marriage, of the one flesh union, mm-hmm. if we are called to be one flesh, like our very being... <laughs> Is, is sewn and knit together. How could we not do everything else together? Yeah. Now, this is funny because we just talked about how you can sleep in different beds. <laughs> Hopefully, you can see the, the nuance there. Right. But there's a... Like, why... My first question is, why do you want separate accounts? Yeah. And if you want separate accounts, I, I just... I can't think of a good reason why you'd want separate accounts. Right. Like, you have your groceries, I have mine. I pay my half of the mortgage. You pay your half of the mortgage. Mm-hmm. Like, where is the spirit of unity in that? Mm-hmm. Like you got the kids soccer shoes, so I'll get their basketball shoes, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Like you paid for that last vacation, so I'll pay for this vacation mm. out of mine. Yeah, it just sets up a whole like pressure on, you know, performance and work and and there's no accountability. There's like, no accountability, and it's just well, you know, I don't have to answer to you for what I spend. Well, okay, you do like there, yeah. there is that sense of like so. We're I just ab- can't think of a good reason for yeah. the separate bank accounts thing. I, but I can't say, biblically speaking, you have to do it. Um, I think the, the spirit of wisdom and unity would compel you yeah. to join your bank accounts as quickly as possible. Right. Um, so, All right, quickly, there's three on kids. We'll do, do you want to talk about kids or do you want to talk about I, I, this whole like girls' night out and guys' okay, night out? Okay, we'll finish on that one. That's that good. was an interesting one to me. So, uh, biblical view or thoughts, this is from an Instagrammer, uh, on girls' nights and guys' nights. Um, what do they mean by girl night, guy night? That's what I'm saying. I mean, because yeah. I think we all have our different uh, ideas and definitions. For some, it might be going out to the bar, getting drunk, having fun, just letting all things go and doing whatever, right? 
Um, but for others, it could be getting together, eating food, reading the Bible, talking about scripture. I, there's a big spectrum here, right? On girls' night and guys' night. So <laughs> Some guys I know, namely a good friend Nathan, his guy night idea is like... Board games. Board games. Oh, it's like <laughs> bore me to tears. That's what, it, that's what it is. You don't like board games. I love Nathan and he, I mean, he and I have a relationship that goes really far back. But I... Yeah, don't don't invite me to that guy night. <laughs> Stop. Our kids Nathan, love. If you listen to this, I'm sorry, buddy. I, I do love you. Games are so interactive and fun. They can be with the right people, not you. Anyways, Wait, you you play the games that Nathan plays, and then you come talk to me because <laughs> you couldn't play that dragon game with the girls. Not Dungeons and Dragons. It was like How to Train Your Dragons, yes. something or other. And you're like. I cannot stand this game. <laughs> well, because it wasn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Point. Uh, games, there are fun games to play. Anyways, I think what we have to question here is we have to find the context. We have to find um, the purpose behind these guys' nights and girl nights. What are they for? What are they trying to achieve? Is it just to burn some steam? Is it to actually grow and connect with each other um, as a woman of God or as a man of God? Is it a time of sharpening? Um, and what is it, you know, for us, once we had kids, it was, it was, well, I just can't like take time away from my family for an arbitrary, like girls night out. Right. There has to be a greater purpose of God is, is filling our hearts. We're praying together. We are talking about scripture. We are, you know, talking about eternal things. Uh, and we are having fun, you know, we're probably eating food and maybe having a glass of wine and being women and adults and that's okay um i i don't think there's a biblical view i mean there's god the bible talks about you know getting drunk and how that's a sin and overeating just overindulging and all these things can be a sin um but i think for the health of of my own heart and my own uh ability to know god i think that um you know having a girl's night once a quarter that I think we try to have as in my community of ladies to read our Bible, to talk about the struggles and to pray with each other and to point each other back to Jesus. Uh, and that's usually around food. And it's a celebration and it yes. is a fun time. It's mm-hmm. not just this intense Bible study, but it's no. a celebration of your well, womanhood we, right. and, and God's goodness and how to smile grow and him. laugh and yeah. just kind of joke about the things that we understand as wives and, and mothers, right? That we yeah. just kind of, you're just on, you just track with each other. And so I don't think there's anything yeah. against that. Um, but if it's kind of an escape, uh, then yeah. that's, that's a whole nother conversation. Well said. If it's an escape, if it's somehow just a way to blow off steam, mm-hmm. then you just, you got to take a close look at how often it's happening and what that actually looks like. Yeah. If, Cause if there it, are consequences. Sin, like sin is sin. Yeah. Like it doesn't change just cause it's a one time thing. Right. Like sin is sin. And, um, but, but there is a sense of, uh, marital charity in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, in that it's, it's okay to want to spend time with your guy. You can do things with your guy friends that you can't do with your wife. Right. Right. And vice versa. And that's okay. It just, when it becomes a point of contention, like I deserve this and you can't fight it. You said, you said, I, I gave you a girl's night. You got to give me a guy's night. That's, that's against, that's against the spirit of marriage and generosity toward one another and giving, um, let's skip the kids ones. I have a question here because we talked about kids last week or two weeks ago. Um, I, I'd like to talk about this. Where is it? It has to do with alcohol because you mentioned it. Oh, alcohol in the home. I saw that one. Yeah. Um, there it is. So family boundaries with alcohol, not having it in the house, etc. cetera. Um, again, thinking biblically about this. Jesus' first miracle. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. The, 
you know, a lot of people for a lot of, for a long time, um, had a lot of people convinced that it was just a sin just across the board to drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. Now we don't see that in scripture. It's, it's just not there. And so if you're saying we don't want alcohol in the house because it's a sin in and of itself, I would just challenge that and say it, that's not actually a sin. Now where the Bible does call it a sin is when we overindulge, when we there's drunkenness, when there's a loss of, of sobriety there, right. um, that becomes a sin. And so that gets in the next part where if you want it out of the house because of a propensity toward drunkenness right. or toward a struggle, toward a stumbling, it's a stumbling block for you or a stumbling mm-hmm. block for somebody in your family, an in-law, somebody who's comes by often enough to take into mm-hmm. careful consideration, um, then yes, then you need to uh, they need to wrestle through that with your spouse and, and make a decision that's God-honoring and edifying to, to each other. Right. It's too. a way you can love your spouse and love yeah. whoever might have that struggle. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's good. Alcohol, yeah. I mean, you can put anything there for the, for the boundary of how do we, if this cheese is puffs. a struggle, cheese puffs, Ryan just can't keep them out of the house. Just can't it's a stumbling block it. for me. You know this, <laughs> how many times have you come downstairs and I'm just passed out on the couch <laughs> covered in cheese puffs? <laughs> oh man. Anyway, uh, sorry for that. Um, hopefully this was helpful. We answered uh, quite a few questions. I'd say probably around 12. <laughs> doesn't matter i guess um i just like to put a number in there um did you want to do that last one are you good well i was just thinking about that one that we talked about with um husbands and wives we had a question from someone saying that her husband right didn't believe in boundaries in marriage so it kind of uh bs this question about privacy right do we have privacy in marriage Hmm. um and what does that look like and privacy between one another um I don't really know if that exists like we're thinking. Like, why would you need privacy? I mean, to use the restroom, sure, great. You know, <laughs> I just think of like, why do we need to be away from each other in that in those moments? Um, mm. But, you know, we have, so we, we have weekly uh, women's meeting and a guy's meeting, right, separate. Um, so I think how can we, the question here is how do you honor your spouse's privacy while also confiding in trusted friends to pray for conflict? So there's two things here. So should you have privacy within your marriage between each other? I don't think there's any reason for that. Um, maybe there is and I'm missing it, but there usually should be transparency and honesty with each other. However, when you are trying to honor your spouse, like say your spouse is going through a struggle, you don't really want to um, acknowledge that struggle, but you want to share with friends, like not acknowledge it. Sorry. You don't want to, um, label it or maybe expose your spouse, but you want people to be praying for that for them or for you guys. Hmm. Um, I think that you can just be generally vague or you can say, we're struggling here. I can't share details. I don't want to expose my spouse right now, but could you just be praying for us? Um, and it's maybe it's in this area or you don't want again if there's no you don't want to expose just say we need we need prayer we're struggling through some really hard stuff right now i hope to share soon but right now yeah. we just really need your guys's prayers i think that's okay to do and that's honoring to your spouse yeah. and getting their permission in advance to say hey can i just share we're struggling and that's it yeah yeah it that's one of those things i would be i would very highly encourage whoever asked this or if you're struggling with this to go find a pastor, a counselor, somebody you can trust kind of with the yeah. details. Yeah. And that's going to be a trusted, really like a very specific relationship. Right. They're not just friends you've had, yeah. but a specific pastoral setting. And then they can start walking through that with you. Yeah. Um, 
because at some point you need to you need to shed the light on it. Yeah. And and there needs to be repentance, and sometimes that necessitates mm-hmm. a more public sharing, not public, but a more bringing more people into that conversation. I'll say. Okay. Okay. I think we've probably exhausted this. Yep. For those of you that are still with us, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. I hope this was helpful. We hope this was helpful. Yeah. We're, I think we'll do these Q and A's um, with each monthly theme. With each series. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then we'll close it out like we're doing with this. Um, so if you want to uh, ask a question, you can always do that. 971-333-1120. You can call or text. Text is preferable because then like it's usually more legible that way instead of like the audio transcription or whatever. <laughs> um, text is usually better. And keep your, keep your questions short. Um, and, and, and succinct that helps um, and if you want to join us on Patreon we would love that we'd be honored go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage uh, and you can learn about the different tiers and ways to join there let me pray for us Father thank you for your word I thank you that we um, can understand it that you've Holy Spirit you've illumined it in our hearts you've allowed us to not just read the words but to know what you mean hmm. and then to uh, then apply those words to our lives and Lord help us Selena and Ryan here and as we in a sense, teach through this weird podcast medium. I pray that you would um, help us apply your word faithfully and understand it truthfully. Um, I pray for the husbands and wives who are struggling, that you would give them hope and peace and every bit of joy that is theirs as an inheritance in Christ. Lord, we need you. We love you. We're thankful for you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is... In the can. We'll see you in about, well, it's a Thursday episode, so we'll see you in like five days. Until next time. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Thank you.